What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Dear Vane podcast. Today, I got on Zach Strobel, who I know very little about. And Zach does not have some giant following. Like, you're not going to find him on uh, the Outdoor Channel anytime soon or anything. I don't know. Maybe you have, like, some back-end contracts with them. <laughs> but not, uh, not currently. <laughs> no. But uh, but Zach, Zach and I have been messaging a little bit back and forth on Instagram just uh just chatting about certain things uh certain questions and kind of kicking ideas off each other and then all of a sudden Zach just sends me a message with a big old buck in it and he's like dude the tactics kind of worked we kind of figured this out and and he's like thank you a lot for letting me kick around ideas with you I was like dude that is so cool let's actually talk about this on the podcast I have no idea what the story is or anything so um so yeah we're just we're here to chat about this and everybody can learn at the same time which is um, what Zach does for a living, teaches people. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so yeah, Zach, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, so um, by profession, I am a professor at a regional university. Uh, and then I am a family man as well. So I have a wife, uh, two kids, five and two. Uh, and then my hunting background is I'm actually pretty much self-taught. Um, I've only been bow hunting for eight years now. And uh, I really dove into it. So the, my first ever hunt, my brother called me the night before gun season, said, you want to go hunting? I said, yes. Uh, got really into it that year. Was fortunate enough to get a doe. Uh, got into bow hunting and then just really just kind of progressed. Um, learned a lot. Um, and I've been hunting public land, uh, a mixture of public land and private permission the past four years. Um, so I do multiple states, uh, Kentucky and Indiana. Uh, and I just put a lot of time into like learning on different podcasts like this, um, reading different books, watching different videos and just really absorbing as much as I can. Uh, I got a couple of buddies that, you know, I'm constantly asking questions to. And then, uh, just the past couple of years, I've finally started getting on some mature bucks. Nice dude. So question for you there, like how, so how old are you right now? I'm 35, 35. So eight years ago, 27, your brother's just like, does he, has your brother hunted forever? Yeah, he's, um, yeah, he's hunted for the longest time. Um, and you know, his grandpa taught him how to hunt. Um, and so, yeah, it's, he's pretty, he primarily will hunt gun. Uh, and then, but bow hunting was a whole other, a whole other thing. I had to yeah. call on some other people, learn how to bow hunt. Gotcha. No, I mean, like, I think, I think the, uh, I, I'm seeing this more and more and like with the type of content that I put out, like kind of adult hunters who are like, you know what, I want to pick this up and try it. And I'm just curious as to like how, like that is, I mean, to go from, go from, Hey dude, you want to go try to gun hunt to, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I got a fuzzy floating around my room here. Um, okay. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to start bow hunting. I'm going to learn how to do that. I'm going to listen to some podcasts. I'm going to watch some shows, watch some YouTube videos. I'm going to try to self-taught, self-teach that. And then, you know, one of the biggest barriers that people uh, face is just like uh, the daunting task of just going out to a piece of public land and going after it. Mm -hmm. Like, was that for you? Like, did you start on public with your brother or was that private? And then did you like, was that a barrier for you at all? Or did you just go, well, I'm going to give it a go. No, I, uh, so I started on private, uh, and I think the first 
three years I got, I mean, I got deer each year. Um, I got my first buck my second year, but it was all with guns. So even when I was bow hunting, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was going out a lot. Um, I acquired, I think at one point I had three different permission properties. And so I was kind of bouncing around different spots. Um, and I was honestly over hunting. I didn't really realize that's mm -hmm. what I was doing. Uh, and then I think it was 2018. I finally got my first bow buck during the rut. And around that time, the hunting public was getting popular, uh, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure yeah. this is a familiar story for a lot of people, but <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, so I tagged out in Indiana and I'm, I'm pretty, I'm not too far from Kentucky. So I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to give public land a shot in Kentucky. And so I just looked up different pieces and just started going out and I was, you know, using a big old climber, I had the thing on my back. It's I feel like the thing weighed 30 pounds, um, but I was <laughs> hiking all over the place with it, uh, just trying to figure it out. And I would go to a lot of the obvious spots where it's like you see a field edge or uh, just like open CRP type stuff. Um, and then I quickly realized like, all right, the deer, the deer aren't in the obvious spots. You got to you got to go where the other guys are not going. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, as far as so your first bow buck was that was on the prop one of the permission properties that you had in indiana yeah. and then yes. after that you didn't have any permission properties in kentucky so you just kind of looked at a map and based on because you had had that kind of like idea of what to look for in a property and things like that did that just translate into that piece of public or the pieces of public that you looked at and were like all right yeah i'll just go try this stuff well that's when i really started diving in the podcast youtube videos books okay. um i just I'm, I'm always, uh, when I get into something, I, I get into it, you know, like, <laughs> like yeah. I'll put the work in, uh, just with my profession, I usually get a few weeks off during the holidays. So especially mm -hmm. during that time, I was just doing a lot of boots on the ground, just trying to make something happen, figure it out. Um, 2019 was the first year where I got a buck where I felt like I actually made some like in the field decisions. Um, that was when I started saddle hunting and so I went mobile, completely mobile, stopped using tree stands. Uh, and it, we just happened to have a cold front come in and with it was snow, which is pretty rare for where we are at that time of year. And I actually followed the tracks of where all the deer were set up and got a, my first like buck where I was like, oh my gosh, I think, I feel like I kind of earned this one. I didn't just yeah. walk into something. Uh, and then awesome. I still didn't get any, yeah, I still didn't get anything on public that year, but then um, I kept getting encounters with deer on public and then something would happen. Like they were, they were so finicky and I just wasn't, I wasn't used to hiding and controlling like when am I going to draw and that kind of stuff. Mm. But, um, ironically, after doing all that grinding on public opening day, 2020, I got a velvet buck, um, and posted on a couple of social media groups. A lot of guys were, you know, giving me congrats, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that was, that was when I, feel like i was starting to kind of kind of get it um and being able to like actually make some decisions which will lead me to deer yeah no that's awesome man that's really cool and it and it also helps you're a professor of entrepreneurship right or you yeah. teach does mm -hmm. that mention that it also helps like entrepreneurs in general don't have a whole lot of like anxiety for new things like it's like yeah. what you're drawn to yeah. <laughs> literally drawn to the adventure and the, and the risk and the, and the unknown. Right. So yep. that certainly helps. Um, what about, uh, 
What about like learning to bow hunt? Was that also just YouTube videos? I, I guess learning to shoot a bow. Did you have somebody that you could talk to a friend or somebody close by? Yes. Or? Yeah. Yeah. My, my buddy, uh, Cody, he spent a lot of time. Like we did a lot of texting back and forth. He actually went with me to get my first like new bow that I bought in 2019. Sure. Cause prior to that, I was just using like a 15 year old bow. Um, <laughs> so but that was like, right. that was when I got into archery and, um, I started following, uh, like knock on nation, um, mm. John Dudley, like I did the yeah. school knock, um, really worked on my form, uh, and just got to a point where I was, I was getting really confident making, you know, shots inside 30, but now I'm getting, you know, past that. Um, yeah. which I know guys have different opinions mm. on <laughs> what's an ethical <laughs> shot, but, um, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time doing that. And then past couple of years, I've really gotten into 3d, uh, which, you know, I, that helped me a ton this year, um, yeah. shooting 3d. And cause I had a couple of times where I, I had a buck and I could only see, uh, it's vitals. I couldn't see its whole body. Yeah, no. Yeah. 3d. I can't, uh, I can't understate like people who don't shoot 3d and just shoot at a block target or a morale target or whatever it is. Like people who just shoot at a square target. I cannot stress how uh how much of an improvement shooting 3d can make for your actual hunting like if you you know seasons typically open up mid late september or early september in some states like kentucky and then you know a lot of states are october 1st here in the midwest um and like the ability to go to 3d shoots in august and september like I do that every year. I'll, I'll do one or two of those every year in August, September, yeah. depending on how much I can get away. And a lot of these shoots are like 30, 40, 50 targets, and you can shoot them as many times as you want. And it's, it's all, it's, I agree. It's awesome. The only thing I like, the only thing that, um, like this is super like bougie to pick on this, but it <laughs> is the fact that like when you're shooting some of these 3d targets, like the, the 12 ring is so shot out that you oh, don't yeah. even like, yeah. you just know where you're going to shoot. Like, you know, there's no like, because on a live deer, right. You're like, all right, where's the crease in his armpit? Where, yep. where am I mm -hmm. aiming? Like, especially you're looking through your peep, like you get the tunnel vision and everything's going on. Um, and when you're shooting 3d, you're just like, Oh, the big black spot right there where everybody else is. That's where I'm supposed to aim. <laughs> it does happen. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Sometimes I'll, I'll go on the course and try to shoot 12 rings or whatever. And then sometimes I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm just haunting. I'm just shooting them yeah. where I need to shoot them. And I'm not going to look at where the shot actually ends up in reference to the, the 11 ring or 10 ring or whatever. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, uh, I a hundred percent agree that I did a, a shoot. Um, the okayest hunter had a shoot, which is a, a buddy of mine lives yeah. uh, about an hour away and he's got a shoot that he put on for the first time this year. And that shoot I went to and I was like, I'm, I'm not shooting for score. I'm shooting to like kill every animal that I hit in theory. Yeah. And that's, that's and I think one of them may have ran away a little bit, but other than that, it happens. It happens. <laughs> other than that, I think there were 32 <laughs> targets or something like that. So I was 31 for 32 is pretty happy. Yeah. That's good. Uh, as long as you killed the first one, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. First air is the only one that counts. Um, so one of the things you said earlier was that you said you realized on some of those pieces of, of private, you were over hunting. Um, yeah. tell, tell me about like, how did, 
how did that idea come up and what were you doing to, to make that idea pop into your head? Yeah. So I have a, another buddy, uh, Kurt, he's, he's just a killer man. He, um, <laughs> like, it's like every year he kills a 160 somehow. Um, but <laughs> so he was kind of telling me like, you know, you're, you're over hunting, you're over hunting your properties. Um, it's probably why you're not seeing deer. So that, that was an idea that got in my head. Um, I acquired a property, I think in 2017 and man, that year I saw multiple mature bucks, um, like encounters and I, I messed them up. Like I, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't flinging arrows, but I just like messed up just from inexperience of bow hunting. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't have enough kills under my belt, to like know exactly what to do. Um, and then I think EHD ended up hitting that area, um, kind of minimize some of the, the mature deer, um, in that region. But, uh, it's just, I, I, I think it was just through talking to different guys, listening to a lot of podcasts, um, hearing guys that are absolute killers say like, leave your private property alone. Like just only go in when you know you can go kill, uh, that kind of stuff. And that's where public land helped me was sure. I could go, I could go grind it out on public land, do all this hiking around, um, look for all the sign, you know, and not have to worry about running a property because it's, it's public land. Public. Someone else is going to run it if I don't. Right. But <laughs> no, yeah, joking. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, dude, I agree. And that is, uh, I have, um, I have long heard that be said, and this is the first year I'm actually enacting it. So we mm-hmm. have a hundred acres of, of private and I haven't touched it yet. And we're a month into season. Um, Ooh. haven't been on it at all. And, but the cameras, I have, I have five cell cameras up there all on at all on the West half of the property. I don't have any on the East half. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. A, you can't get cell reception on the East half. It's kind of down in a pit and B I, I implemented the cutty back cutty link system. Have you ever heard of that at all? Yeah. Yep. yeah so, so for anybody listening, it's, um, it's a system where you have one cell camera and then you have a bunch of remote cameras that all tie back to the cell camera. So you can actually chain them together. So like essentially they say it goes like, I don't know, half a mile. And and when you're in hills and valleys and trees and stuff, it goes like, I don't know, a hundred yards, 150 yards, 200 yards, maybe. So like you can put a camera every 150 yards and it, they will all link back to each other and then link back to that main cell cam and then that main cell cam will send you the pictures so i bought that system um to try to get down into that east valley and i ended up putting it on the that we have a valley on the west side and i have three cameras and i can't like that doesn't stretch all the way to the east valley so i have to go ahead and buy like three or four more cameras in order to like chain them over to the east side um but other, anything other than that, like I'm not trying to. And then at that point, you know, there's this like line of ethics that I am like not fully, uh, I've not fully fleshed out yet, which is like, is that like too much cheating to have that many cell cameras around your property and just be able to like watch deer mm-hmm. go through? Like, what it, like, am I going to, like, you talked about it earlier where you yeah. earned a deer. Am I going to like, see a deer on the west side of the property in the morning and then the east side in the evening and then the next day go in there in the evening and kill him on the east side like am i gonna feel uh fulfilled with that hunt or not i'm gonna be like oh dude i just watched the camera went in there and killed him like i don't know what to tell you that's as easy as it is 
<laughs> right. I don't want that to be the case. I want the grind and the missed opportunities and the no shows and all that stuff. Yep. I want, yeah. I want the adventure. I mean, um, the flip side of that is also, what are you missing as well? Yeah. A hundred percent. What am I missing? Cause so like, I have no, I have no idea what's going on the East side of the property, but I do know like on the West side of the property, we got some good bucks, but none of them are showing up in daylight. I've had a couple pictures last night. I have a, I saw him on, I did pull a camera in like July. I went and checked mm-hmm. it, it was full of ants pulled that. And I did have a double main beam buck on there in July. So Ooh. I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And I've never yeah. seen a picture of him since. And last night, actually it's October 11th right now. Last night, I actually got a picture of him um, just after dark. So, so he was living on that. He had to come out. I'm pretty sure I know what bedding area he came out of. And he was walking through and I picked him up on a cell cam. So pretty cool, pretty cool. Buck. Nice. Yeah. He's like a double eight point, if that makes sense. He's like four on one side, four on another side, and then four again, if that yeah. makes sense at all. <laughs> so yeah, it's super, super unique um, in that sense. Um, but yeah, I, I just, uh, so, so now I'm leaving that whole property alone. Come to find out my uncle was squirrel hunting it all week and he was going all over on the four wheeler last week. I had no idea. Um, and next year I'll, I just have to ask him like, Hey dude, could you like not do the entire property and just do like a section of it if yeah. you would, or something like that, you know? Um, I deer like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he does deer hunt, but he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he really kind of doesn't believe in pressure. He's like, that's not a thing. And I'm like, yeah. no, <laughs> it is, it is a thing. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, anyway, back to, so you have like low pressure on the private piece and then you pound away and you can do whatever on the public. And I enjoy that. And I've hunted this piece of public. This will be the seventh or eighth. This will be the seventh year I've hunted this piece of public. Mm-hmm. I was able to get my three-year-old. Have you taken your five-year-old out at all? Does she have any interest? No, not yet. Uh, okay. we're, we're probably maybe this year. I might, we, we have a couple stands on some of the properties, uh, from back when I used to stand hunt and, um, I might, I might try to take her out, especially, especially this year. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so I had, I had a blast with my three-year-old. He kept, he kept asking me to hunt like over and over. He kept asking me yeah. to go hunting. So I was like, yeah, okay, dude, we'll go hunting. And I looked at my wife. My wife was like, really? I'm like, don't worry. I'm going to bring, I'm not going in a tree stand. We're going to go sit down against a log. I'm going to bring a blanket. We'll pretty much have a freaking picnic and maybe something will come out. You know, like Actually, that's... that might, that might be a better idea. Maybe do, start on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we did. And, um, and it was uh, honestly like in the moment I had to like, keep like telling myself like, Hey man, chill out. This is just for fun. Like your son doesn't have to be quiet for two hours. He's three years old. He's not going to be He'd yeah. be like, you know, so we ended up like, I knew of this kind of, um, piece of public that, uh, that rarely gets deer hunted. Like you'll see guys go in there and duck hunt it in the morning. Cause it's kind of on the edge of a swamp and there's a trail yeah. for the duck hunters, but it's a mm-hmm. little wood. It's probably like, I don't know, 150 yard long wood line along a swamp. And the swamp does have a little, little bits of high ground in it. And you can see it from like the tree line. Um, so I, I always envision, and you can see deer trails and there's a couple scrapes in there, some good rubs that you can find. And, uh, so I envisioned that, um, 
that there would be some deer potentially bedding there. So there are a couple big down trees on the edge of that tree line. So we just kind of tucked into one of those, laid a blanket down, pulled out, you know, peanut butter and jellies and pretzels. And he was having, a, he was, he brought his own little suction cup bow and he was trying to shoot this chipmunk all night that kept running back and forth. It was a great little, <laughs> great little scenario. And he was yelling and whatnot. And I'm just like, dude, we're not going to see anything if you keep doing that. And then this four pointer, this little four pointer comes walking out of the swamp at 50 yards and comes walking past us. And he's like, dad, look. And I'm like, dude, oh, she's like, yeah, I see him. <laughs> so it was, it was great. It was fun. Um, he was super excited. The buck didn't even see us or hear us or anything. He just kind of kept That's doing crazy. Everything. <laughs> yeah. It was just a fun time. And he's telling, so yeah, I showed up at daycare today and the daycare, uh, there's a it's a whole family that does the daycare but the grandpa of all of them was like so i heard you passed up a big one and i was like what do you mean <laughs> you know he's like he's like he looks at charlie he goes charlie told me you missed a huge buck and i was like what charlie he's like they're so big i was like no it's this little this little dinker you know just that's hilarious yeah it was great it was great no, that's um, great you had a good time <laughs> Yeah. So that's, that's where I started. And I'm, I'm really happy with that, you know, kind of a new chapter, a simultaneous uh, or congruent chapter of mine starting out in the hunting, in the hunting life scenario. But, you know, being able to bop, the whole reason we're on this is being able to bop around on the public, do whatever yeah. you want, kind of, and not have to worry about that. I, I 100% agree. I think you're going to learn like experience is the best teacher in the hunting woods. Right. And if you're yeah. like, if you're getting started and you're only like two years into it and you're like, well, low pressure is King. And you hunt like five times a year, you have no idea if you're even hunting in the right spot. No, you know, and you're just Not like, <laughs> you're, you're like, I would always say like, take the experience and screw it up for a couple of years and then learn to let it sit and give it a year or two to come back. And then you know, do your low pressure stuff. There was one year, I think I sat 64 times out on this piece of public, you know, I was just sitting pretty much three, four days a week. Every time I could get out there, I'd get out there. Um, and, and I learned a ton during that time frame. and now I, I can kind of, yeah, right. And now like if, when I want to hunt, I'm not like, you know, I, on, on X, I used to have, you know, whatever, 70 pins for tree stands. And now I know like, you know, these are the 15 that you really want to hunt based on pressure and time of year and what you're doing and all that jazz and what the wind is. These are like the 15 that you want to hunt. You, oh, I can scratch off all those other ones. Yeah. You know? So that being said, let's talk about, so you, I mean, you're going back and forth with the public and the private stuff and yep. you're in Indiana and then this, um, our message, right? You kind of kicked over to me and we're like, Hey, Anthony, um, Mox, I got a scrape that's been really good. You yeah. actually, you tell the story, you tell, you tell like how it all <laughs> happened and you tell me what's going on here. Cause I'm going to ask yeah, you more so questions there's, about it. So there's a piece of public. I started hunting in Indiana. I think 2020 was the first year I went and checked it out kind of towards the end of the year. Uh, it's a larger piece. Um, so I was, I was real interested in it. Um, I knew it was going to be rugged. I knew it was, it had potential where you could actually get away from people, uh, which was one of the things I always look for. And 20, 
2021, um, or I'm sorry, off season before 2021, I scouted it, um, found a bunch of scrapes. Was like, all right, there's there's obviously bucks in here, clearly. <laughs> so there's, yeah, yeah. there's scrapes, there's rubs, like all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, was marking them all over my maps, like, and then 2021, um, I put up a a camera, a cell cam, uh, up on a ridge top on a community scrape, um, in October and the first cold front that came in, it just lit up. Um, I was actually on a work trip while these, when the cold front came in, it was just killing yeah. me because <laughs> I'm sitting here <laughs> getting all these pictures, trying to tell guys at work who don't hunt, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> and I'm not home. Uh, <laughs> so, Can I go home early? <laughs> yeah, I I seriously contemplated it. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyways, um, they, uh, that kept happening and then um every time i hunted it though i wasn't getting on deer um in 21 in 21 yeah so i would i would get them coming into that scrape in daylight uh and it was again it was on the ridge top um but i wouldn't actually they wouldn't come in when i was there uh so Mm. what i started to notice was when i did see deer they were kind of skirting around the ridge top they were primarily working the trails below it and they were kind of doing a figure eight pattern where they were avoiding the ridge top and then a couple times in the evening i was hunting that scrape and deer got downwind especially where the thermals were starting to pull and i could they got my wind and they busted me twice okay so so i had two theories on that like one is the pressure is probably coming from the ridge tops even though at that point in time like i hadn't i don't think too many guys were up there there was only you know one guy i was running into um and he was hunting a different spot and my other theory was like they're they might actually just be wind checking it before they go in um and those were kind of two of the things that i i had concluded um was uh just curious like lay of the land here um how like are you First of all, are you like pretty close to the road? Are you pretty far from the road from your parking spot? Like, are you walking in 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 40 minutes? It's the, the scrape is a mile back and it's also like, I haven't mapped out. It's 45 minutes for me to get there. Um, and I, I know you trained for a marathon and did one, um, I trained for one. I messed up my knees, but I did a half marathon. Um, so <laughs> I'm not, I'm in decent it's a, shape. Um, yeah. it's, it's rugged hill country. And it's, yeah. if you get off track, you're, you're running into like thick, thick stuff. Yeah. Well, I can see like, I mean, in that scenario, why a saddle, like that's, that's when a saddle becomes so handy or a very, very lightweight tree stand. Yeah. Right. Is when you're actually yeah, going 45 minutes, like that's, that's super handy than a, than a giant ass climber. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. So, okay. So we're going pretty far back. Um, and this, this ridge top, is it, do you, are you thinking these deer are pretty, are bedded pretty close to that? Is there an egg field close? Do you think it's a transition or how do you think like that's laying out in like a deer's typical day? Yeah. So it's, I think they're definitely bedding kind of in the, the areas um on the hills that like you would typically assume they're betting. So like okay, you know, if you watch if you watch a Dan Infault video, <laughs> yeah, hill country bucks, like, you know, look at the look at where the wind's blowing over their back. 
you know, bedded about three quarters of the way down, um, just on that like military crest kind of area. Um, mm -hmm. Also on one of your podcasts, um, you had Jake Bush on, um, he, he explained like the bed to scrape to the food transition very in a way that I had not heard yet. Um, so like that kind of cued some ideas as well for me. Yeah. Um, but just in general, I think what they're doing is um, there's ag fields way off in the distance and they're on private. Um, I think those deer are generally, you know, it's, it's far enough back. It's thick enough where they can get away from people. And I think they're, they're comfortable back there, but I think it's kind of a hill system where they can use these different like saddles and terrain features to travel. Um, and especially when the bucks start getting interested in does, they're, they're checking those scrapes, trying to figure out like, are there does coming in the heat? And they're, especially when they were coming in October, I think they were trying to find that first doe. Is that like, is that like mid October, like 15th or, or are you closer to like 25th or are you like early October? You so know? I only have one, one year of data on this place, but yeah. it was, it was when that first cold front came in last year, which was about October 17th. If you remember that, okay. um, that was at, like, everybody's cameras were lighting up back then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so no, uh, yeah, 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 that was, a, yep. that was a good, um, and it was like, after that, they were, they were pretty consistent, um, up until around early November. And then, then like pressure kicked in. I started seeing more guys coming in from out of state guys actually popping in on my camera. Um, and so it was getting, that was getting more challenging. Um, and around that time, um, I, I ended up getting a private permission, um, in Kentucky and, there was rumor of a, a really big buck that I never got on camera. Um, <laughs> so I started, I started getting real interested in, in trying to get on that buck as well. So I was, okay. I wasn't, it, that place is just, it takes a while to get there for me. And it's, you know, once you're there, it, it just takes a while to, to get in as well. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't hunt it a ton of times. No. And that's, that's the, that's one of the problems with, and that's why you want to be so efficient with your time. Right. Yeah. If it takes a while to yeah. get there and you got to take, you know, for me, the the benefit of hunting the public is the first parking lot is five minutes. The furthest parking lot is 20 minutes. So like and I have six thousand acres that you can go wander around. A ton of it's underwater, but it's six thousand roughly acres. And um, and like that makes it really easy. But even at the same time, like if I got to drive 10 minutes to a parking lot, and then I got to walk my ass in another 50 minutes to where I want to go. Like you're looking at an hour out, yeah. like a quote unquote hour commute, you know? And I remember thinking to myself last year, like I can get to my private property in an hour 20. So I can do an hour commute to this tree stand, you know, on public, potentially yeah. run into people and whatnot, or I can do an hour 20 commute, an hour of it's in my truck and sitting there listening to podcasts, you know, yeah, it's exactly. just kind of one of those. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's those trade-offs, right? Um, so then with that, with the, with the scrape that you were kind of looking at, um, is it, is it right on top of a ridge? Like on the very yeah. top, the knob? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's on the top of the ridge and it's on a saddle. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and then are there, is that like, you know, Jake Bush, Jake Bush recommendations and that is Oaks. Are there a bunch of Oaks right around there? Or is it there's, pretty? There's not. Um, okay. I that's. I mean, another story is how I got my Kentucky buck this year, which I know we're not talking about, but that's 
that's how I got my Kentucky buck this year. But um, so that's one of my go-to strategies typically is trying to find oaks. Um, but that that side of the property, there's really not a lot of oaks. So okay, I'm still I, I'm still trying to figure out like exactly what they're feeding on back there. Um, but I think it's a lot of browse right now, and yeah. uh, it's it's not heavy on the oaks, which is real interesting. Gotcha. Okay, so we got a we got a ridge top with no oaks, um, a mile back and you got bucks kind of figurating around it. You think you've, you've set up on it. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and assume like set up with the wind in your face, looking at the scrape and you're thinking a buck's going to come in and check it. And that's what you're trying to shoot. Is that correct? Yeah. That's what I was trying to do last year. Uh, and it, it just didn't work out because <laughs> they just a tough, I would, tough scenario. I would even get them. Uh, I would even be driving out there and I'd get notifications on my cell cam that they just hit the scrape. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I just assumed like, Oh, okay. Slam dunk. I'll get a, I'll get one of these right. bucks coming in. Uh, but no, it didn't. That no. is not what happened last year. <laughs> Do you think, <laughs> yeah, all of us have been there. Um, uh, do you think that, um, you were spooking these deer, you were alerting them that you were there on your way in at all? Like, do you think Maybe. they were, may have been watching you? Maybe. Um, okay. I, y- yes. If the wind is blowing, it, I'll put it this way. It's the way I'm walking is North to South. And so if you have a South wind, then yes, because they would be likely betting on the like the military crest in that direction on the, the north hill of, side, the points of the ridges. Right. Yeah, um, sure. but if not, then then no. But but maybe I can't. I cannot say yeah. for sure. That is no. That is one. Did you bust? Did you bust deer on the way in ever? Uh, usually does. Um, they just be like, yeah. Um, I mean, and then once once the rut was starting to hit, they'd be, you'd run into some just cause they were all over the place. Yeah. Um, but, okay. but yeah, I don't, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, no, that's it fair. Might. That's very it's fair. Good. Like, yeah. and a lot of times, like, um, I forget, uh, I heard a story from a friend recently where he was literally like his buddy was hunt. They like, they split up to try to hunt this specific buck. And he watched the buck watch his friend and then oh, really? watch his friend like walk past. And then he oh, slipped that's, out. That's right. Really and his buddy had yeah. no idea that the buck was even there. Right. Like that's stood really up, like, like he got set up earlier, got set up in his stand and everything and was watching. And all of a sudden he heard his buddy coming in late or whatever and watched the buck stand up out of the buck's bed. Like, holy crap, there he is. He sat there and watched him and then just like, you know, ghosted out of there. Um, that's that's great that's a cool story yeah it's and it's and how how many times does that happen you don't even know probably a lot like (laughs) right because there's i mean i was you know i was talking to um a friend one of my best friends parker he was hunting a spot on sunday and how and everyone has had this happen to him where he's looking one way looks back the other way looks back to where he was originally looking. He's like, dude, it couldn't have been 20 seconds. And there's the eight pointer that he's been trying to shoot at 30 yards, standing there broadside. He's like, where did he even come from? He's like, I have no idea. All of a sudden he's just there. Right. You think these giant (laughs) rat deer like would make noise walking through the woods. And sometimes they just don't. (laughs) No, 
even even when the leaves are crunchy and all that kind of stuff you're like ah, how how did he yeah. <laughs> like... how does this even happen so all right so anyway i was just kind of laying the green the groundwork for my own head and anybody listening on on the setup and what you got going on so then um so obviously you you ended up killing a buck but i want to hear like what it like that was 2021 2022 comes around what are you doing how are you changing your strategy like what's going on yeah so here uh one other interesting part reason i messaged you in the first place was around january uh a tree limb fell and knocked some of the licking branches down <laughs> that's great <laughs> so that's what i messaged you about i was like man I, this is a weird one <laughs> like what what would you do in this situation would you go in and uh try to do some like make some new ones. And I think um, what you said was literally just use the same branches. And they, I think they were actually using vines uh, as licking branches. So I, I did that. Like I went in, I scouted um, in March. And so okay. I, I know I scouted in March cause I've, I, I probably went in there a couple of times, but um, in March, what I was kind of looking more for was I was trying to figure out like bed, scrape, food, water there is a pond on top um so you know I was, I was just trying to get into like all right so if they're if they're skirting these ridge tops and doing like a figure eight or you know i've heard clover leaf kind of pattern like where are they going um and the one mature buck i actually saw in person um he did the same thing that like the does young bucks and and uh, even like some fawns I saw did. Um, and I've heard, I've heard people say that, like, watch what the deer are just doing and you can learn how a buck will move. Um, it doesn't matter if it's a giant buck or not, like just pay attention to what they're doing. So, so that was like really what I went in with a goal of was a, just, I, I need to want to make sure that scrape had looking branches. Um, so yeah. I just, you know, pulled some vines over. Um, <laughs> so I did that. And, uh, and then I just like really kind of paid attention to like, finding beds, finding some sort of pattern of like where I've seen them, where they're going um, and that kind of stuff. And then I was just marking those areas um, just on, on my map and trying to like just get different spots and have different options because I've, I've also hiked in there when there's another guy in there too. So you get all the way back there and then someone's not too far off. <laughs> so, right. so you always you need, need that, options. that plan B as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I was, uh, I got one other buddy that I'm helping. This is his first year bow hunting. Um, he's a friend of a, he's my wife's friend's husband. And, uh, and he shot me a message the other day. He's, he was like, yeah, dude, I'm hitting up my spot again. I'm seeing a bunch. This is bow hunting. So awesome. I love this. Like I've seen two deer rifle hunting and I've seen three deer. And, and every time I've gone out bow hunting, at least three, he's like, this is so cool. Nice. Like, That's yeah. Good right? He's like, oh, I'm going back to this spot. And I said, I said, Hey man, just as an FYI, I know where you're hunting. Pheasant season is about to open up in Wisconsin yeah. and you've probably haven't experienced a lot of pressure, but man, uh, late October, there's going to be a lot of other people over in that area that you're hunting. And even in November, it's going to get even thicker with people. You're going to want to look for other areas to hunt. Like you're going to want to have a plan B and his response, he's a stubborn, he's a stubborn man. He goes, 
He goes uh, something along the lines of, yeah, I understand what you say, but no one's going to beat me out there during a weekday. And I just responded. I said, until they do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Until someone sits all day and he's there sitting in that area or the other. I mean, I didn't even go into the logistics of like, what if, what if nine people walk past you while you're sitting there and they go to where you think the deer are coming from, then what are you going to (laughs) do? You know, like, yeah. in, in Kentucky this year, I found out there were these guys there on public all week spot and stocking deer dude <laughs> and they were all over the property it was opening week yeah and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> you guys are <laughs> do you know do you, you know a number on this place do you did you ever run into a guy named jace no okay last night i did a podcast and it's gonna air right before yours uh it's gonna air tomorrow morning and jace what hunted Kentucky. If you look this kid up is he's shot a 180 inch deer, 14 point on public ground in Kentucky, spotting and stalking in soybeans. Oh, okay. No, there's not, there's not ag there. Um, Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But uh, that's, that's funny because you say that because I was like, you're what? And he's like, yeah, dude, apparently that's the tactic. And uh, interesting, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'll have to listen to the podcast that comes out tomorrow morning because that's just that's just wild. So I had to ask because he said he was running into a few other guys out of a couple out of state and a couple in state guys that he was consistently seeing out there. So huh. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, in the springtime, you're out there, you're scouting, you're looking at all these spots, finding different bedding areas, marking them all on your maps, like just making sure like you have plan a through x right yep okay so then so continue on yeah so i guess um we're into the the 2022 season now um so i my my wife's an educator as well and she's on fall break um she's i'm going on a hunting trip she's doing disney um (laughs) so (laughs) so i had i had a few days um before i'm heading out to nebraska um to to get some hunts in. And, um, and so I, I went in the first night, um, to, it ended up going like basically on the West side of the property, um, found some signs, found some recent sign and, um, ended up like, I, I was actually trying to get on Oaks, um, cause I knew there was some over there and didn't see a single deer. Um, I was like, all right, well, I'm coming back tomorrow. Um, uh, let's, let's go back to the area that like I've actually scouted and I know and where the scrape is and all that kind of stuff. And I knew I needed to get in there and change out the batteries in my camera anyways. So I was going to that scrape. So next day uh, I get in there and hike all the way in, um, you know, 45 minutes, get up to the scrape. I look up, there's not one, but two other cell cameras on that scrape. Really? Oh my gosh. Two of them? <laughs> Two other did cell they, cameras on that scrape. Did you take a look at them? Did they both say Jake Bush? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. man. The uh, two, yeah, all right. <laughs> wow. All right. That's well, at least they didn't mess with your camera. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do lock them up, but I mean, still, uh, they could have at least like 
done something to it, right? But right. um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't okay. know if that's two different guys or just someone who's like really interested in that scrape. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, would, I have to imagine it's two different dudes, but who knows? Anyway, okay. I so have no idea. Get back there to go. So yeah, that probably put a nice little damper on that that area. It, it did, but I wasn't. I wasn't planning on hunting right there, but yeah, at the time I'm like, dang it. Um, whatever though, at least I know, at least I know there's pressure here. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause it was interesting. Cause like all of a sudden a mature buck came in on camera, um, a few days before that. And then I wasn't getting anything after that. I was like, huh, wonder why that is. And lo and behold, uh, yeah, there's, it's cause there's guys up there. <laughs> so, <laughs> Someone was uh, watching that. They saw that picture of that mature buck too, and they were hunting it the next day. Probably right, something. Probably. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I so what I decided to do was I was like, all right, I'm. It, it was super dry. Uh, so I was thinking about hunting the water, where there's a a pond up there, and I was like, well, it's on the ridge top. Um, guys have been up here. I know other guys know about that pond. It's you know, it's on the map. It's obvious. I'm probably shouldn't hunt it, but I'm at least going to get in that area. Um, so what I did was I dropped down to where, like I said, I've seen them go down, you know, I don't know if it's like exactly three quarters, but you know, just at least like a hundred or 200 yards off the Ridge there's, there's trails. And I've actually seen them taking those trails. Mm-hmm. And so I started following those and I was just looking for sign. Um, so then it was super dry so it's kind of hard to see like tracks and stuff like that but i ended up getting to an area where it was kind of at the head of a drainage and it was like a good um or draw i mean you could call it draw drainage you know whatever (laughs) and so um it was that right at the head and it got like real steep below it and so i was able to find like a crossing area where it was like, if you're going from this hill to this hill, this is a good spot to cross if you don't want to take the ridge. Right. Okay. And so my thought was like, worst case scenario, I can set up here. I can glass the next hill over. If I see a buck or something, uh, at least I can make a move the next day because I was planning on hunting at least three days in there. Okay. So I did that. Um, I get set up. Um, and it's pretty crazy. It was, it's like 5.50 p.m. Um, and all of a sudden, here comes a mature buck. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? It's only 5.50 p.m. It's October 8th. Um, right. It's the, it's the quote-unquote lull. And then here's a buck on his feet. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm like, Do a double like, take. Right, well, you serious? What? Oh, my yeah. God. It was like, and so the area I set up in, I knew there were scrapes. I knew water wasn't too far off. Um, how far, like, how far would you say you are from the triple cell cam? The triple cell cam, um, like 150 yards. Okay. 150 right. yards. Yeah. 150. Yeah. Easily. Um, but it was just enough to get away from the pressure in my yeah. mind, at least. And it's, and I just didn't think. I figured if those guys were that dead set on the ridge tops, that's where they're going to be hunting. Um, that was yeah. at least my, my thought process. 
Are um, you is that 150 yards like further back, or did you come closer to the parking lot, or like um, west or east or left or right or whatever? Probably. I mean, just kind of heading. So that that scrapes on top of ridge. So I drop down, um, you know, just a couple hundred yards, and then headed east, basically. Okay. And yeah. you're again, so coming from the north to the south, you hit the scrape, kept going south, and then took a left turn and kind of headed east. Yeah. Up to yeah, until exactly. you got to, I mean, what it sounds like a great little pinch point to like go back yeah, and forth like and check scrapes and things like yeah, that. Yeah. And I had it okay. marked on my map because uh, there was like, there was buck sign up on the next hill. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, if you're going from this hill to this hill, you have to cross here. And you found and so, that in March or April or in March. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, so I set up there, um, the buck starts coming in at five fifty, uh, and it's just one of those deals where I'm like, it's, it's a mature buck. I'm, if I can get a shot, I'm getting a shot. Like it's yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't get all caught up in like score and that kind of stuff. I'm just like, I want them to be mature, but like, uh, if I get excited, you know, it's, it's game on. Right. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So, yeah, uh, so the the plan was with the wind, the wind was kind of like blowing up the hill, but okay. I knew it was going to get calm. And so I figured like the thermals were going to shift and drop down into the drainage. So my goal was I figured they were going to cross above me. Uh, and lo and behold, he ends up coming in below me. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I'm like, crap. But he's coming in early. He is coming in early. So I still So is have, your wind still coming up or no? I think it is. Um and it was I tried to drop some milkweed real quick, but I think I just grabbed like a wad of it and it just like <laughs> threw it down real quick. <laughs> just kind of um, fell to the ground. Yeah, it, it I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So I'm so in my head I'm like, crap, he he might get my wind. I don't know for sure. Um so either way, if I'm gonna get a shot, I'm gonna have to make something happen. Uh, so, so he ends up like the way he's coming in is about 40 yards. Um, no real shot opportunity. Then he's like kind of angling a little bit towards me. Uh, he crosses the drainage. He gets up, um, on the hill, like below me. And, uh, he's like either making a new scrape and like checking a licking branch or something, or he's just browsing. It's, it's one of the two. Um, I have, I'm in a tree with a branch and, where I'm standing on top of my platform and I don't have a shot. And so, so I'm like, I, I keep thinking like the wind is going to screw me if I don't make something happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I got to do something. And so basically I, I just leaned back into my saddle. I look again and I can see his vitals. And so I, I range him. He's at 32.1 yards. He's, I have to shoot over a limb and then in between two trees, I can't see his shoulder and I, and all I can see is his ribs and stomach. And so, right. yeah. So I'm basically, I'm like, yeah, I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to send it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I've, you know, I've been practicing all summer. Like I shoot into the fall. I shoot all year. I shoot my bow a lot. I, I tune my bows. I do all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm made up with archery. Um, so I let it fly and it sails right through them. Um, ends up being that I, I 
overestimated like how far where his shoulder was. Um, it ends up hitting him a little back, but um, it was in that area where it's like lungs, liver, and that kind of stuff. But sure. um, eventually he, I mean, that arrow sailed off. Um, he was kind of hurt. Uh, he didn't really like run off um, like they normally do. Eventually I get glass on him. I see where the shot impact is. Um, and then, you know, 30 minutes later, he crashes a, into a dead tree. The tree falls on him. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I can just hear the whole thing. Um, I'm texting one of my buddies and I'm like, dude, what should I do? What should I do? Like <laughs> just trying to like, trying to stay calm. Cause I, when I glassed him, I could see his rack and I was like, oh man, it's, it's a good buck. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it, he, so what ended up happening is, um, I made the decision, especially like having my buddy there to help me think this through just on the phone, um, decided to end up walking back to the car and then come back, just dropping all my stuff off, mm-hmm. um, get my backpack ready to go. And then, um, I just eased into it and walked about 20 yards and he was right there dead. Dude, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. I love I love the stories of um of pressure and adjustment based on scouting. Like a lot of people would uh a lot of people would have stopped scouting or been like I just got the I have this scrape that I like to hunt and like I'm here. And then yeah. they end up in a scenario like they where they, where they walk in and there's two other cameras and now they're caught with their pants down and they're like, crap, I haven't done any other scouting in here. I don't know where anything else is. I don't have like a plan B. I thought I was 45 minutes back. No one was here last year. Why did all of a sudden people pop up and they don't have a, they don't have a second option. And it's really like, I love the fact that, that you got out there in March. Um, you did the extra, you did the extra effort, even though you didn't necessarily have to, I mean, you, you did know that you were getting busted and you needed to kind of figure something else out, but a lot of yeah. people still would have mm-hmm. centered their game plan, like around that scrape. Um, yeah. So to roll in there, see that, be like, all right, well, this sucks. Let's, I know of an area over here. Let's go check this out. Um, and, and make that happen. That's, that's really cool. Um, it's getting dark at like what, seven thirty or something like that. Yeah, I think um yeah, I think sunset's seven fifteen. Okay. Yeah, I think that yeah. day it was like around seven fifteen. Okay. Yeah, and that's I mean, that's just that's really cool that he showed up so early. Like yeah, that was nuts. You know, <laughs> that was <laughs> right. I you know, maybe you set up like within a hundred yards of his bed and you had no idea. I mean I'm, it could have been. Right. He could have been, I mean, do you, did you ever, did you ever like take a relook at that and be like, Oh man, he might've come from right here. This bed that I found in March or no. Um, probably not. I want to, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. There's a couple, there's a couple options. He would have had to, based on the wind direction, he would have had to have crossed the bridge above. I mean, or he just was, was bedded nearby and that it wasn't like, the exact like point of a ridge military crest kind of deal you know um so i yeah i mean there i have a couple ideas of where he could have been bedded but i have a feeling he was bedded in like a non a not so obvious spot yeah no it's i mean it's just interesting like to have a buck on the on his feet that early 
you know, an hour and 10 minutes hour, well, at an hour and a half before dark is in early October is, I wouldn't say it's not uncommon, but it's certainly not common. <laughs> no, I've never, yes. I, I have never gotten an October buck. Uh, so like I oh, either yeah. get in September in Kentucky or November or, you know, whatever, but, um, yeah. no, yeah, it's funny because never... this, this, this buck right there, I shot yeah. October 6th on a piece of public and oh, okay. literally set like it was an awful walk-in, like awful walk-in, got to where I wanted to be. Mosquitoes were all over me. It was like 78 degrees and I went to go set up where I wanted to and someone had hung a stand there. So yeah, I was just like, what, what the hell? Yeah. You know, and in Wisconsin, it's totally illegal to have stands set up. Like, oh, really? Uh, you can't leave them on public. Yeah. You can't leave yeah. them on. You have to, you have to hike them in and out. So, and this thing had been there for, for a while. Like I'd, I, you could tell with the ratchet traps that he used and how it was set up. It wasn't like set up that morning or anything. So I was like, all right, where am I going to go now? Ended up like a very similar situation. I ended up going to, we have, um, these drainage ditches. So in the buck behind me, guys, for everybody listening, is this is this nice little eight point? I don't know, maybe scored one twenty or something like that, um, on a on a piece of public. And they have these like drainage ditches that they dig, and um, they're like it, you. This area used to be a ton of ag, like I don't know, maybe like sixty years ago or something. And these ditches run kind of in parallel. There's like six or seven of them in parallel. And then if you picture from above, like a rectangle, um, there are two really long ditches perpendicular to all six or seven of those running one way. So it's almost, yeah. and in between those ditches are little land bridges, right? So essentially like there's like 20 yard gaps between the perpendicular and the parallel uh, ditches. So like there's these little uh, pinch points all along all these kind of. And so I knew one of those had a lot more activity from previous scouting than others. So I ended up walking in there, got my stand set up, did an interview. I was filming this thing, did huh. an interview, heard him moving while I was doing the interview. And I was like, I think there's something coming, you yeah. know, and all my buddies were like, bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they're, they're like, no, literally turn the camera around, put it on the area. Two minutes later, out comes that buck. And I was in the stand for a grand total of 10 minutes before I killed him. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Do you remember what, what time it was? Yeah. That's why I was bringing this up. And it was because I shot him at like five 30, five 30. Oh, wow. Super <laughs> early. Yeah. Like I was, I was, I, it was an awful walk in and it was terrible, but I was still super early. So I was like, whatever, I still have an hour and a half to two hours to hunt. Like I wanted to have three hours. Um, because where I was, was I knew it was going to be like a better area. Uh, I just wanted three hours to hunt and I was down to an hour and a half and I was in the stand for 10 minutes and shot him. So that's nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, early, like those early movement bucks, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I don't know, I, I we should talk to, I should talk to, um, uh exodus jake i should talk to jake to see if he has any data on that or somebody has data on early like early buck movement 
because it's one of those yeah. things that's it's odd, but it can happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was we did have a little bit of a cold front come in, uh, okay. so that that was on Saturday, Saturday October eighth, and uh, I'd say on Friday is when the like cold front came in. It wasn't drastic, mm-hmm. but it was you know still like a ten degree drop in temperature. Yeah, so it's something, right? It's something. Um, so you got him. How did you pack him out? How'd you get him? Oh, out? just, um, in my backpack. I've, I have like a, just a, like a QU backpack that, I mean, you could haul an elk with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Okay. <laughs> yeah. You just like boxed him up. Did you, did you quarter him up or did you like yeah. throw him on hold? Yeah. I, yeah. I always quartered him out on public, especially. Okay. Um, yeah, I always quartered him out. So I, I quartered him out, get the head and, um, the quarters can fit inside of the backpack. And then, uh, I mean, the, the backpack I have, you can do like a meat hauler system yeah. as well. But, uh, and then just strap the head on the back and then you're just carrying them out. I mean. So do you, when you go in on your initial hunt, do you bring that with you? Sometimes. Like is that your day, um, quote, day pack? Yeah, sometimes. I I started carrying it because I, I switched platforms uh, I switched to the trophy line mission and that thing's sure. a beef. Um, <laughs> <and so, laughs> like, so my, like it's bigger and heavier type of thing or what? Yeah, it's, it is. Um, okay. It, but I, I love it cause you can do more in it. Like you can, mm-hmm. you can get more shot angles in it because it's so big. Um, gotcha. I mean, it's like a, it's like a mini. I, so I went from that from like an out on the limb. Uh, I can't remember what it's called exactly, but it was, you know, back when they first start coming out with platforms mm-hmm. i bought one of those um and then i just upgraded this year to that one because it's bigger um gotcha. so i sure. i do take in all that stuff um and if i was to shoot like a doe i could carry everything out means. yeah but um but with like the saddle and the platform and all that kind of stuff like i would have to do two trips but if i just do the buck i can do one trip okay that's something that I've always I've I've always questioned. Like the one day that this buck behind me that I shot, like I just called a buddy and we were it was a very long walk, but it was not far from an access point yeah. after I shot him. Um, it was just with the way the bedding area is set up, like I had to do this huge loop to get in, this huge yeah. like half circle to get into where I needed to be. Um and so I, we just drug, we just drug him out. But that was one of the questions I've always like asked myself, like, should I take my, fr- should I just take my frame pack in and just like, let it be it. And, um, and if I get one, just haul it out at the same shot, or do I go back in light assuming I'm assuming like, you know, odds are you're not going to shoot one. So do I go in light, you know, and just do my thing. And then if I shoot one, bring out all my stuff, grab my frame pack and go back in and go get them. And that's yeah, yeah. what my plan has typically been. However, last doe I shot on on public, I had my rifle and I just went in there with my frame pack and the full intention of killing one. Um, yeah, I had yeah. a pretty good idea I could kill one. And I shot her and and threw her. I quartered her up. Um, and I was in a dirty, like, dude, we were, I was in a dirty swamp that day. That really? Was not, yeah. That was not a fun day. It was, uh, <laughs> it was wild. That was, that was another fun story. Um, I thought, I thought I, uh, and I'll make this, this one really short. It was mid November. 
and we had a freeze, you know, we had a freeze, we had a lot of water in the swamp and there was a freeze. And so I was walking on like quarter inch thick ice. So every step you take, you fall in, like you fall through. Oh, gosh. And so I was loud. I was the loudest I've ever been. I was like, why the whole time I'm going, I'm like, why am I even doing this? Like, this yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna find, I know where I think these deer are bedding. I'm just going to find a tree that's like semi-close and that has high ground. I'm not even going to set up my stand or anything. I'm just going to sit on it and hope to God that these deer come out of here. Cause I'm pretty sure that's where they are. And you know, before dark, I hear a boatload of ice breaking and hear all them come falling through nice. the ice the yeah. whole way too. And I'm just like, Oh, nice. This is a dinner bell for me. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, after she, after I shot her, she fell, she died and fell into the ice. So now she's in the ice and I got to pull her out of the ice and she's coated in this like black muck water oh, stuff. Oh gosh. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I can't set her on the ice cause she's falling through the ice and I'm falling through the ice. So now I have to like drag her to a high ground. It was just this, this mess, but anyway, got her packed up, got her home, cleaned her up the next morning and all that. But, um, but yeah, I like, I, I agree. Like um, a frame pack is the way to go. And you might be able to pack out all your gear. I've never packed out all my like stand gear. Cause now I run the, I run a lone wolf custom gear. Um, oh, yeah, st yeah. stand in yeah. sticks. I do uh -huh. have an arrow hunter saddle that I take with me every time yep. as well. So it's kind of a dual option. I use the saddle as a safety harness when I use the stand. And when I want to use the saddle, I just set the stand up and then use that as my platform. Yeah, I got it. I have a buddy that does that exact same setup. Uh, that's, I thought, I thought about doing that. Um, and then I don't, I don't know. I came across the trophy line. I was like, man, I just, that thing's perfect for me. <laughs> so great. Yeah. Good. No, that's, that's totally fine. Like not uh yeah, I don't have any qualms about uh trophy line or out on, out on limb, make some great stuff. Trophy line makes good stuff. Like, Oh I, yeah, man. No. Well, yeah. That learn with custom gear that, that thing's nice. I heard when you had Cody on um, Cody DeQuisto, but mm -hmm. I've been, I've been tempted to get one of those because those rut hunts, man, <laughs> sometimes yeah. you just want to sit. <laughs> yup. Yeah. Yeah, man. I just, uh, I think it just depends on how the tree sets up and how your platform sets up and all that, like to get comfortable in a saddle. Um, but there's like, you know, some trees, like all you can call for is a saddle. Like that's, what's going to yeah. do it, you right. know? And a stand just isn't going to do it. Or if you're in a stand, you're standing up the whole time looking behind you. Like, yeah, and it's yeah. just kind of annoying. Then why do you even have a stand? Um, so yeah, exactly. yeah, but, um, okay. So that's how you got them out of there. Um, got them packed up, butchered all that jazz, but that is, that is super cool. And for everybody listening, you know, you said it was a mature deer. It is a, it's a really nice clean 10 point. It seems like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a 10 yeah. pointer. He's kind of got like some on his left side, the picture you sent me on, and this will be the, the, the thumbnail for the podcast. His sure. left side looks like it's kind of like some mini palmation. Like he's really thick. Yeah. It's like right between the, the G2 and G3. It's yeah. like, um, almost like, yeah, it's almost like, it's like antler webbing. It's real weird. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like people who have, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's similar to people who have webbed toes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that's super cool. Um, did you have any pictures of this buck at all or no? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, was one, he... the one mature buck I had on that scrape, he was the first one to come in. Oh, no way. This was that buck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, that is, 
That is awesome. I'm sorry. I apologize if you said that detail and I missed it. No, I, um, I don't think I did. Um, okay. Or if I did, I didn't make it like super clear. Um, <laughs> I didn't find out until later. My, my buddy who was, I mean, he's, he's mentored me for, for years now, but um, he actually called me like, as I was, you know, getting ready to quarter him out. It was like, Hey, just so you know, that is the same buck you got on trail cam. So I was, I was pretty pumped when he said that. <laughs> that is so cool. You got him hitting the scrape, knew he was in the area, kind of set up. Was he headed that direction? Was he headed west? He was. Yeah. I don't know if he was going to go hit that scrape or just going to go do his turn. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's other scrapes. There's other scrapes there. Like, it's – there's other deer. There's other scrapes. Um, They don't all have to hit that one. But, like, yeah, it's – I knew there was at least one mature deer – in the area um and there's usually multiple so so i knew i at least i was just my goal was to at least glass one and see yeah. what they're doing um and, and, and this it just was happened. day one of the three-day hunt right it was day two day one was okay. um day one i i was going for oaks and it i didn't see a single deer um, gotcha. okay so then you switched it up we're like ah, i'm gonna go hit this scrape i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back to the area i've spent a lot of time at yeah <laughs> so no, yeah. I, I wasn't planning on hunting over the scrape um i was gonna do some i was gonna go one of two directions either west or east just where i've seen them move um just like i said that figure eight pattern so i was gonna go one way or the other mm-hmm. um based on like how they cross that scrape so and i i was gonna make kind of a game time decision and just like look for sign and then, especially once I saw those cameras and I realized how dry it was, I went into the dr- the direction of where the pond is. Mm. And so I just figured like there's ponds, there's buck sign typically around here. Um, it just seemed like, hey, there's probably a buck over here. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So uh, the real question, did you pull your cell camera? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got that thing out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did. Um okay. yeah, I'm I'm a little on the fence. Uh, I always go back and forth between wanting to have cell cam set up and just working on working off a sign. Like, especially now that I know like yes, there are mature bucks in there. Um and yes, they're not easy to get. Um I don't know. I I go back and forth. Like, do I wanna do I wanna invest a lot of time in cell cameras or not um but i'll i'm sure i'll be at some point tempted to put it back up <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah yeah at least in like late season to see like what made it oh, right kind of one of those questions is like what made it through and what do i potentially have to look forward to next year yeah um, especially i mean because yeah like that era people are going to push them to private and um i'll probably put some cameras up on private <laughs> just sure. to see yeah just to no, see yeah, what's around. That yeah, that makes sense. And I always like as a rule of thumb, and for everybody listening, like the week, the weekend, it's two weekends before gun season is when you have to pull your cameras. Cause the weekend before gun season, especially in Wisconsin, that's when every brother, everybody and their brother goes and hits the woods to look for spots or like set up tree yep. stands or makes ground blinds. And that's when you get all the 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 jag offs that come in there and steal your cameras is the weekend yeah. before gun season. So two weekends before get in there that Friday or Thursday, get in there and get your cameras out of there. I always pull them and I don't put them back in there until like mid December 
when again it kind of is like you know mid-october like no one's in there yeah comparatively to the rest of the year mid-december like people kind of just like ah it's too cold i'm i don't want to be there blah 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 <laughs> kind of give up um so all right well yeah i mean are you going to be like are you going to be hunting those um are you gonna be hunting that area next year you're gonna try to keep pounding away at that specific area i would i think so yeah <laughs> yeah dude i dude if it's one thing i've learned from doing this podcast historical data is what is the real killer of of deer like learning an area and learning <laughs> all the crevices and like if a buck's coming from this direction you get him on camera oh he's probably bedded over here oh he's coming from that direction he's probably bedded over there he's doing this and that and these and those i bet you he's living here and he's trying to go here and there's pressure over here so i'm going to set up here i'll probably kill him like that historical data and understanding the landscape the beds the food sources and all that stuff that seems to kill more deer than anything else and again that comes all the way yeah. back to that whole experience and getting out there so yeah i mean i know you were gonna say something sorry to cut you off but oh no man it's all good um no i just i always mix up between like permission private permission and then mm. public and then just wanting to know what's out there um and i mean on some of the private i had i found a rub on like a a big tree and i was like what is what left that <laughs> was like, so, <laughs> so i mean yeah, yeah there's there's a few and then i'm hearing stories of in kentucky of some big buck running around i'm like all right there's there's a few things i'm I'm like really really curious about so yeah i think i think i'm gonna in a few weeks i'll probably start getting bored and just go out and set up trail cameras is what will probably happen <laughs> so <laughs> sneak out of the house someday and just roll yeah yeah exactly. dude that makes sense so uh you got a you got a great deer down in kentucky you got an awesome deer in indiana and now you're rolling to nebraska is yeah. That right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. I, like, are you going for muleys or white sails or either? Doesn't uh, matter. I, I think it's an either or scenario. Uh, there's, okay. there's definitely both in the area we're going to. Um, yeah. so, so we'll see. Um, I don't know. Well, uh, I, this will yeah. be my first time hunting up one of the plain states. Uh, that's what we were going for was something different. And, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys, uh, are you guys outfitting it or are you doing public land kind of DIY type thing or we plan on doing public land. All the reports we were hearing is just, it was getting pounded, uh, like really bad this year. Um, and so we ended up, we were about to go to a different state. Um, and then it's actually my nephew. He's, he's only four years younger than me, but, um, he, we, we eventually came across, um, a connection to go uh to like just pay for access um oh nice so yeah so it, it's not it, it doesn't seem to be too bad I've, I've never done that before um but yeah we're we're just doing like a pay for access uh type deal sure is that like a week like you just give them some cash yeah. for a week to hunt and they're like yeah, yeah you can do that yep that's cool that's yeah. exactly what it is <laughs> so, yeah no i i that works, dude. I I think that that is a, um, I know that there's a couple of websites and people like trying to build a network like that of landowners and hunters um, where you can like reserve a week on a piece of property. And it's almost like, 
you know, uh, an Airbnb or a VRBO for hunting land. Like you just yeah. kind of like, yeah, <laughs> like sign up and you get it and it costs and, you know, instead of a lease costing you whatever, three grand a year, or whatever it is, like you're paying, you know, 700 bucks for the week, but you're only going to be there for a week and it's cheaper than the whole year because you're only going to be there for a week anyway, but it's still expensive right? For the landowner, they're making more money per person. And for you, it's less expensive overall. So it can yeah. make sense financially for both parties, but connecting those dots is difficult to do. Yeah. This was a, this was a word of mouth connection for us. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, that's just... good. Those are the best ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, dude. Well, yeah. Anything else to add to your, add to that hunt? Um, Otherwise, you know, we can kind of, it's getting a little late. I'm going to sign this one off. I'm going to have to post another podcast. Plus I have some other content I have to work on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anything else to add to that story? Anything yeah, I thought was interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anything else on that particular story. I, I think, um, I mean, just the only point I really want to come across is, I mean, it's a lot that's, it was a lot of trial and error. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it was a lot of just even, even trying to figure out how to get in there without it taking over an hour. Um, I had to figure out the route. Um, yeah, it's a lot of thought, a lot of looking at maps, a lot of just getting out there and, and seeing what's there. Um, yeah. but it, it's not, it's not easy. Um, <laughs> like it's really, it's really just, and I know like, I know you, you've had on plenty of guys. I know you put in the work. Um, I know there's plenty of guys listening who put in the work, but I uh, just really, I've, I've helped some, some younger guys coming up and that's what I tell them all the time is like, you just, you just got to fail over and over again. And then eventually you'll, you'll start seeing them and then eventually you'll start killing them. Right. Yeah. Sounds like entrepreneurship. It is (laughs) (laughs) 20 failures, but man, you only need one to hit, bro. (laughs) Yep. No, there's definitely a tie into it. (laughs) Yeah. That's fantastic. All right. Well, thank you for coming on Zach. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Dude. Um, If people want to ask you questions about this at all, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah. Instagram. uh, They could shoot me a DM on there. Uh, It's, uh, at Zach Z-A-C underscore Strobel S-T-R-O-B as in boy L as in land uh, and I'm not super active on Instagram I grew up in the the Facebook era there's way more pictures of me on there but um, there's some of my some of my recent books are on Instagram <laughs> so the Facebook era yeah <laughs> that's great yeah that's what I tell my I tell my students I was like I was on Facebook the first year it came out which was my freshman year of college <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah, I remember I remember going on getting into college and being like, oh, I can join Facebook now. Yeah. Like yeah. and I'm I'm 32. So at that point, I don't think yeah, I didn't have a Facebook page until I got into college. And maybe I just didn't want one. Cause I didn't have a um oh, what was the one before Facebook? That was for like bands and artists. MySpace. I didn't have a MySpace. So (laughs) I didn't have a MySpace and I didn't have a Facebook and I was just like, it's whatever. And then all of a sudden it like started blowing up. So I was like, all right, I suppose I should do this. And then, yeah, that's what, that's what you're doing. Yep. (laughs) You learn about all the parties. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time hopping on and for everybody listening. um, 
I love these scenarios like um, Zach, like this is not by no means like it's supposed to be offensive, but guys who don't have like massive followings or anything like that, but you're out there, you're grinding it out, you're, you're finding success and, and you're getting it done. Like, I love to hear these stories. These to me mm-hmm. are, are, are just as much fun as talking to like a, a Jeff Sturgis or a Cody DeQuisto or, you know, any of these like super high end guys that a lot of people know, like it's, it's really fun to talk to them for sure. Cause they're full of knowledge, but it's also fun to talk to guys who uh, people have never like really heard before at all. And these box elder bugs and my office keep flying around and getting in my shirt right now. Sorry about that, but God dang it. <laughs> um, so the uh, it's really fun to talk to, talk to people like you who, um, who a lot of people don't necessarily know about. I, I, I like hearing those stories. I like hearing, you know, everything you're going through, what works, what doesn't work. Like you say, it's a mm-hmm. ton of failures. So for everybody listening, like if you are one of those guys or you have a friend, that's one of those guys, like I wrote down the name, Kurt, Zach, I'm going to have to get that from you. Cause it'd be, oh, yeah. have um, him on the podcast and just talk to him. Yeah. Too. Um, you should have Kurt on. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> He's a, he's a killer, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, exactly. So I'd love to, I'd love to have, I'd love to have him on. So everybody listening, find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram, write me an email. It's heller a nine zero at gmail.com. Tell me, you know, who, who you are and, and what's a, what about you? Or if you got a buddy who you think I should talk to and things like that, like I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to take the time. Like everybody's got a story. Everyone can learn everything from, or everybody can learn something from everybody else so it's not like it's this you have to be insta famous in order to be a teacher like that's not true at all in the hunting world mm-hmm. so um yeah all right well thank you everybody for listening really appreciate it zach again awesome appreciate the time um, yeah thank you, you. awesome yeah hope you have an awesome time in nebraska i'll be following along it. there yeah for sure so send me some pictures on that one and then i hope yep. your family has a fantastic time in disney they're having a great time, man. That's all that matters. That's why I get to go to Nebraska. <laughs> right. Oh, that's great. Um, all right, man. Well, I will, I'll catch you later. And for everybody listening, please like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your brothers, tell your coworkers, whatever. Spread the word really helps. And uh throw a review up there if you feel so inclined. All right. Catch you guys later.